On today's episode, we have Ingrid Anderson. She's a registered dietitian and certified personal trainer. She lives in upstate New York with her husband, Mike, and their fur babies, Swiss the cat and Eleanor the bunny. Ingrid started her career as a dietitian in 2013. She spent most of her time as a clinical neonatal ICU dietitian. As much as she loved the NICU, she always dreamed of owning her own business. She opened a kickboxing studio with her husband, Mike, in 2018 and continued to practice nutrition through the gym. She now owns a virtual private practice where she brings her personal experience with Hashimoto's to help fellow Hashi warriors lose weight. You can find her on Instagram at weightloss.hashimoto's. Welcome to the show, Ingrid. Thank you for having me. Super excited. Let's jump right in. Can you talk about where you started out and compare where you started out to where you are now? Yeah, absolutely. So this is kind of a long story. I started listening to Libby's podcast actually back in 2015 when I took my first stab at uh, opening a virtual private practice. And at that point, I had no idea about marketing. Like I quit my clinical job just kind of on a limb, like I'm going to make this happen. (laughs) And so we, I ended up kind of floundering because when you don't know marketing and you don't know sales and you're a great dietitian, but you don't know how to pull it all together into a business, it's really, really hard to make money. So Mike and I, a couple of years later, we decided to open up our kickboxing gym because I wasn't really getting anywhere with nutrition this, you know, two years of kind of banging my head against the wall. We opened up our kickboxing gym and that did really well. And back in January, Mike was like, you know, you really should get back into nutrition. And I was like, I don't know. I don't really want to like the gym is enough. Like it's a lot of work, but he was like, you're really good at this and you need to, you know, this is something that you should pursue again. So I was like, okay, like I'll do it kind of on the side. And I was kind of like taking clients here and there um, throughout this time. And then COVID hit. So I then started being like, okay, well, I need, I really need to focus on this virtual practice. And I did okay over the summer. I had some clients here and there. And once the fall hit, I was like, okay, I really need to hire Libby. I need a coach. I need someone that's going to show me how to do this because I've been trying to do it on my own. I was looking at her Instagram, at um, some of her clients' Instagrams, and I was really trying to replicate what I saw through those accounts. And I did okay. And putting the, what she has put out there through her Instagram, I was able to actually get some clients by just taking what I saw and putting it into practice, but I knew I wasn't doing it a hundred percent correctly. So that was when I um, reached out to Libby and you kind of (laughs) know, you kind of know the rest from there. (laughs) Yeah. And then you're in the program and you're thriving and I can't wait for the listeners to hear about your really interesting journey. And part of that is actually about your niche change. So let's talk about the types of clients you work with and your current niche. And then later we'll talk about how it kind of evolved. Okay, sure. So um, my current niche is I'm working with women who have Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune disease that affects the thyroid. And this is something that I was diagnosed with when I was 17. 
it's the reason I became a dietitian. So it's a really important population for me to work with because these women really have no guidance and Dr. Google is awful. So yeah. So it's, uh, I think that, like you said, it kind of took a little bit of an evolution for me to get here, but I'm so happy that I did. Cause I'm really able to resonate with my current niche very well. Yeah. A, a thousand percent. Cause when you're embarking on this journey, you really do feel like you, as you said, like you're floundering, you're banging your head against the wall. And part of it is just really getting clear about who you serve and who you work with. And once you have that massive clarity and understand how to create things versus just like mimicking what you see and learning a system, all possibilities are like just open, like everything in front of you, which is really cool. So this is like a perfect pivot because you did evolve. So can you share with the listeners how your niche has evolved compared to like where you started and where you are now? Yeah, absolutely. So when I first started this, uh, started doing virtual nutrition. I was working with women for weight loss, um, which is not a niche. (laughs) It's a very, very broad population. I was able to get some clients, like I mentioned, but they were people that knew me already through the gym or knew of me through friends. They weren't people that I kind of pulled in with very clear marketing. So When I joined Libby's program, I was like, I know that she's going to make me niche down. I know that I'm coming into this. I've been listening to her podcast for years. So I know that this is a thing that I'm just going to have to get used to. And so I decided to pick business and because I was like, oh, like I'm a woman, I'm an, I know that I struggle with, you know, finding time to make healthy food. and, And that's a real pain point for a lot of people but I wasn't feeling connected to it. So I think that my uh, marketing kind of showed how disconnected I was from that population in general. Cause even though I was my ideal client, sort of, I just somehow couldn't figure out how to connect with, with my ideal client. So once I decided to choose Hashimoto's as a niche everything changed from there. I was able to get in six new clients. Uh, Everything just totally changed from that point forward. Yeah, that's incredible. And it's, I like that it's, you're more connected. I think that's the part that a lot of people often forget is when you own your own private practice, you should feel connected. It should be work that you enjoy and not something that you don't feel aligned with. So thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, absolutely. And you already brought up if this has already been your dream and why you decided to take it to the next level. So I'd like for you now to share with the listeners, like what it really takes once you like start to actualize this dream, you're on social media, you need to attract your ideal clients. And a big part of that is building no like and trust. So can you provide the listeners one or two tips for how you effectively do that with your community online? Yeah. So I think one of the things that really resonated with me that Libby had said in one of the earliest calls that I had been on was you need, or maybe it was Micah who said this, like you need to find the subculture and you need to speak the language of your ideal client. And that was something that I was not successful with when I was talking to women in business, but something that I know very well when I'm speaking to women who have Hashimoto's, like there's certain words and terms that they would use that 
no one else would even know what it means. Like the word Hashi, you know, like I like to use like Hashi warrior or Hashi pounds or whatever. Um, They know, like they see that they know exactly that I'm talking to them. So knowing their language and then showing up in stories, I've been showing up in stories four to five days a week. And then also posting my, you know, posting pictures of myself on, on Instagram. And then I also share my own story going through my diagnosis of Hashimoto's and what I did with my nutrition and my fitness to essentially reverse the symptoms and live symptom-free with Hashimoto's. Oh, your story is beyond inspiring and really helpful because you positioning yourself as not only a nutrition expert, but as someone who is coming from a place of empathy because you yourself has experienced it is truly living and breathing no like and trust because you're being vulnerable and you're sharing all of that with your audience, which is so powerful. And I totally agree. And I hope the listeners are taking notes. You do really need to speak to the subculture, like use their words, their lingo, their isms, whatever that is, because that's going to draw them in. So thanks for bringing that up. It's such a helpful tip. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I would like to talk about is the money, because obviously getting on social media, a lot of people are always like blown away that people are actually buying, like you can actually sell stuff on social media. It's not just for scrolling and liking and doing all that stuff. You can really make some good money. So can you share how much money you have made so far? Yeah. So actually I'm still blown away that I can make money through Instagram. And, you know, I, every time I get a sale through someone who finds me on Instagram, I'm like, really, you know, like really, you're going to pay me this amount of money. So, so far I've made $2,450 and awesome. Yeah. And I'm consistently getting discovery calls now and direct messages. So yeah. Wow. And then what's your next goal? I would love for you to share your next goal. And can you share with us what your initial short term and long term goals were when you started the program? Yeah, so I really want to be making $5,000 a month. That's my first short term goal. And, you know, with that money, I, I live in an area where we don't have to spend a lot of money on rent or mortgages or anything like that. I'm in upstate New York versus, you know, the city where everything's very expensive. So with that amount of money, we're very comfortable. And then my long-term goal is to do $10,000 a month. Love it. Love it. And I like that you break that down. So I think a lot of people don't really think about their cost of living. Like when you're setting money goals, you have to like ask yourself, what number would it be for you to live comfortably in your area? Or if you're trying to go into an area that's a little bit more expensive, like how does that change your money goal? I think sometimes people forget it's all about setting yourself up to live comfortably. So thanks for noting that. Yeah. And that's something, you know, when we opened the gym, like, again, like I didn't know anything about business at the time. So I really did learn that through trial and error. Awesome. And with the money that you've made, uh, what has it afforded you? What have you done with it so far? So the money that I have made from these clients has afforded me to not have to go back to my clinical job. As you can imagine with COVID-19, our gym did suffer financially. We 
had to close for many months and it's we've just been open for a couple months at this point and even now like you know people don't really want to be working out inside so by having these clients and this other income coming in it has really helped so that I don't have to go back to a job I really didn't like Kudos to you for showing up the way that you do and wanting to push forward with your business so you can support your family. Yeah. Well, and I never really thought that this was going to be possible. And I knew if it was going to be possible, I needed help. So I'm, you know, I'm very grateful that I was able to get the help that I needed. And I wouldn't have been able to do this without you, Yas. You are definitely invaluable to this program. Oh, thank you. Oh, I did not pay her to say that. (laughs) (laughs) No, you didn't. Um, (laughs) And speaking of money, and I think this is something that comes up a lot. A lot of people starting the program just really don't know what's possible in terms of what they can charge for their group programs, for their one-on-one sessions. It's because they have existing limiting beliefs or money story, they either grew up frugal, or they didn't really think about money, and they had no concept of it until starting a business. So can you share your money story, what beliefs you had about money, so the listeners can relate and find a way to work through their own? Yeah, so this was something that I've actually worked on over the past year. I really didn't feel like I had the ability to make a lot of money because, you know, coming from a clinical job where essentially like you do not make a lot of money and there's not really a, um, there's a very, very tight ceiling on what you can make. And where I was in the hospital, I was pretty much making the cap. The only people that were making more were, you know, managers and a couple other dietitians that had been there for years and years and years, but pretty much I was at my limit. And so it took a long time for me to be like, you know what, like, you're worth the money, you have, like, a so much money of student loan debt left to pay off, like you spent so much time invested so much time, like you're worth you're worth the money. And, you know, coming into this program, I knew what the uh, what other people were making like, you know, the sorority nutritionist. And I knew that, you know, these, these girls were doing amazing in their businesses. And I came into it thinking like, okay, like you can do this too. Like, you know, that other people can, and, you know, you just have to put everything into place and it'll, it'll happen. I love that. Yeah. I love that you mentioned the work that you have to do and continue to do because you you were already working on it before. And even when you started the program, you had a couple things that you had to remind yourself. And a lot of people need to think back to why they want to do it in the first place. The fact that you talked about the tight ceiling that you experienced at work and you're like, well, I know I can't literally make any more money at that job. So what risk is there to go out and do it, especially when you have guidance? That means the ceiling is no longer there. Like you could literally go out to outer space another planet like that's how high up you can put your ceiling which I think is really incredible and I like that framing because I think sometimes people forget if you're limited where you are and you need to make more your only option is to find another way to do it and private practice is one way you can do that yeah absolutely and can you walk us through how you're actually using Instagram to grow your business let's start with 
walking us through your content creation process, because that's a great way to draw people in. Yeah. And, you know, this was, there's so many things in this program that I never thought I'd be able to do. And then here I am doing it. <laughs> and one of those things <laughs> is batch creating content. I never thought that I would be able to do that because my method before was just as I'm inspired, I would, you know, create something and let's be honest, no one's inspired every single day. So it like the days where I was not inspired, it was a struggle trying to think of something to create. Because again, before I was just talking general weight loss, I wasn't talking to a specific person. So now when I'm creating content, what I do is I keep a little notebook of notes from my discovery calls and notes from I'm on in a couple Facebook groups, and I jot down things that people say that I might be able to help them with and certain problems people are having. And then I try to create content around the problems that my ideal client is having and give them a solution to that problem. Yeah, that's very thorough. I love your system of having a notebook. I think a lot of people, actually, I know a lot of people, I shouldn't even say I think, they're like, I don't know where to come up with ideas. And they don't realize that they're literally surrounded by ideas, the conversations they have, the shows they watch, the Reddit feeds they're a part of, like, there's so much information on the World Wide Web. And just in person, if you just have a system in place for like, okay, if you hear something, how do you capture it, and then come back to it to create awesome content. So I love your notebook system. Yeah. And I think what happens a lot of times, if you're not actively trying to write things down or, or remember them, you're not going to, because I have plenty of ideas that I just never remember again, or I'll be driving and I'll be like, oh, I need to make something about this. And then by the time I get to where I'm going, I don't remember what that was. <laughs> you know, So I think actively remembering to write those ideas down and to write those things down and to have, you know, 10 to 20 minutes per day where you're looking in the Facebook feeds and you're reviewing even posts by your current clients or whatever. I think that that's really important too. Yeah, that's a great strategy. Like we just started talking about the importance of priorities in the group and setting up those priorities. And I love that you're setting aside one of your top priorities is reviewing that content because that's going to help you obviously day in and day out. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I was just going to say that I think one of the big things that I learned from this program about content creation is less is more. So you don't need to put 10 topics on a post. You need one very, very, very clear post and that's it. And that was one of the mistakes that I was making before was I just had too much on there. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really helpful tip as well. And it also allows you to create content faster. Yeah, for sure. And speaking of posts and what you were doing before, what did your Instagram feed look like compared to what it looks like now? Oh, geez. <laughs> this is always a fun question for me. So, <laughs> you know, towards the later end of my Instagram profile, I had been trying to go through Libby's clients and really try to replicate what I was seeing there just in terms of style. I will say I was not doing a great job because I thought I was doing the right thing, but really I was not. So 
you know, the whole monkey see monkey do thing gets lost in translation sometimes. And it totally did with me. So I was trying to like put pictures of myself on posts and I was trying to have like clear message on my post, but it wasn't clear because I was putting too much on there. If you go real back in my feed, you'll see pictures of food and you'll see inspirational posts and you'll see like some quotes on there, some like wacky Wednesday food myth stuff. It was kind of a disaster. (laughs) You're not alone. A lot of people start there, but it's all about where you are now. You have to start from somewhere. So it's kind of really fun to like take a good chuckle when you think back to what you were doing. And it yeah. also shows you the power of create one, once you have the method in the system down, it's like cool to see, wow. So when you do it like this, you make money. When you do it like this, you don't make money. Right, exactly. And, <laughs> and you know, I think one of the things for me too is like, I am not a very like visual person. Like both of my sisters are artists and I am not by any stretch of the imagination. So like, in terms of like spatial awareness and all of that, it was totally lost on me. So now after being in the program for, I think it's like two months, maybe two and a half months at this point, now it's just more of a system. So I have templates that I use and it makes it a lot better for me. Cause again, I'm not artistic at all. Oh, thanks for putting that out there. Cause I think a lot of people are like, I'm not artsy. Um, I've never used Canva. A lot of people come in with like this mindset but you have to recognize there's a lot of other people that come in with a similar situation and then they're able to create systems like Ingrid just said. So it doesn't need to be quote unquote miserable forever. You just got to practice enough and take the feedback and apply the method enough to you get it ingrained. And then it's like, seriously, she like batches like eight pieces and just puts them in the Facebook group. I'm like, okay, she's (laughs) ready for like a week and a half. (laughs) Yep. And, and honestly, like, that is a huge win for me because before I was spending so much time making content and now I'll spend like maybe an hour, you know, watching TV, putting content together. And you always have, you always have feedback for me. So it's not perfect yet, but it's, I think that it's getting more and more clear and the more, the more I do it, the faster it is and the easier it is. Yeah. But it's always simple feedback. You have the core elements and what you're doing is like obviously working because you're getting leads, you're getting DMs, you're, you're making money. The audience has spoken and they're loving what you're creating. So you should really pat yourself on the back. And let's talk more about like getting started. A big part of our method is really starting imperfectly. You guys just heard us laugh about having the motivational quotes and just like the random nutrition myth busting. But we say all that to say that you all have to start someplace. So where did you start out and what did starting imperfectly look like for you? Yeah. So I came into this program with the mentality that I was just going to do my best and do whatever I was told to do. And I knew that the, that I was going to get better as I went. So I don't think that I had the hang up as many type A dietitians have where everything has to be perfect. I know from owning a business before, and I I still own the business, but I know that just business is not perfect. Business is messy and you only get better by doing and you get better by applying the feedback from your messy. So whether that feedback is from your clients or from your mentors, you know, either way, get doing something is better than doing nothing. (laughs) 
Yes. Okay. I for sure want to start an Etsy shop with t-shirts with some of the favorite one-liners my interview guests have because <laughs> applying feedback from the messy, ooh, I felt that in my soul because that's what it has to be. Like it, you have to yeah. acknowledge it's going to be messy, accept the feedback because it's like you said, some people I think get really scared to get constructive feedback or, and they're like, Oh no, I, I messed up. It's like, no, it's messy feedback. Just make the changes. And then you'll get less and less and less and less feedback. And then it'll be actually be good. <laughs> right. And I think it's really hard for dietitians to do things that they are not good at because we are all very good at nutrition. It's something we spent a lot of time and a lot of money learning. So you know, but we never learned business. We never learned marketing. We didn't learn all these things to sell ourselves. So without learning those things, we're really wasting everything that we know about nutrition. But I think that it's really important to be okay with the messy middle <laughs> in order to, to get to the end of it. Yeah, a hundred percent, because it is, it's just better to just get out there and do it. And I like your mindset of, you just came into this saying, I'm going to do my best and do what I'm told. And oftentimes that's like the biggest barrier. People are like, I don't want to do it, but that's the method. I don't want to do it. And then they let themselves be open to it. And it's like, oh my God, magic is happening. Is it magic or is it the method? <laughs> Which is kind of yeah, crazy yeah, and really helpful. Yeah. And that is definitely one thing that I came into this being like, I have to just trust the process. This is an investment I'm making in myself. And so I'm not going to waste it by not following it. So I think that that was good because even things that I was like, this is weird. Like, I don't know about this. I did it anyway. And it worked. <laughs> I know a lot of people say that. And you know what? Part of it is just allowing yourself to be like, I'm going to embrace the weird and the uncomfortable because then you like start to see it generate sales and get more reach and you get more taps and you get more shares. You're like, Oh, that's right. Why I'm doing this. And I, and I have to be honest, I have posts that have insane reach, insane taps. I've gotten clients off of them and I still don't get it. Sometimes <laughs> I still don't understand <laughs> why this is appeal appealing to some people. It boggles my mind because again, like, you know, I'm sort of my ideal client, but I have a, I have the nutrition information and, you know, I'm a dietitian. So like what they need is different than what I need. And I'm still, you know, I'm still learning and I'm still evolving in that way, but it's just funny because there are posts that I put out that I'm like, oh, this is going to do awesome. And it doesn't do that awesome. And then I'm like, eh, I don't know about this post, like whatever. And then it like knocks it out of the park. Yeah, you do a really good job. I would say you do a really great job hitting the pain points and speaking to the subculture. I think about your viral tweets. And a lot of those tweet posts are you're like nailing it with the pain or the situation or the words that they hear or the emotions. And I think like just digging into that pain, you do such a wonderful job with that. Yeah. And I think part of it is because I lived through the pain you know, in the beginning of my diagnosis, like I wasn't a dietitian. I went to my doctor and I was like, Hey, like, what do I do? I know that I need to eat differently. I know that, you know, like I'm working out two hours a day. I'm like starving myself and I'm like gaining weight. Like, what am I supposed to do here? And she was like, I'm a doctor. I give you pills. If you want to know about nutrition, you got to figure it out yourself. So I went to school to be, be a dietitian. Uh, so <laughs> I feel that in other people, like I know the frustration and I know how awful it is. 
And I also know that if I'm not there in their faces, they're going to be going towards other means that are not good for them. And it's going to end up making their autoimmune disease worse. So I really try to just stay in their face in, in that regard. Love that. That's something that I don't think enough people really remind themselves that if you aren't providing the perfect solution, which you have, because you're educated, you spend all that time and all those months and all that money to get all that information. It's you're really doing a disservice to your clients because you have the perfect solution for them. But if you don't show up with the marketing, they're never going to find you. It's like you said, then they're going to go for that other solution that isn't as ideal. So at the very least, if you need a reminder to show up or do a post or whatever, you got to remind yourself, you want to help these people. And if you don't show up, they're never going to find you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And to go back to being in that position of just starting imperfectly, was there anything else that you adapted, like skipping out on platforms or or webpage or anything like that, that you want to share with the listeners? Because oftentimes they think they need a bunch of stuff to get started. Yeah. And, and I totally thought I needed a bunch of stuff and it was just over overwhelming to maintain. So I do have a website, but it has not been updated. I didn't even give you my URL because it's not updated to my current message at all. I do have a Facebook page, which now I just automatically just send my, you know, Instagram posts over to Facebook. And the only reason I have a Twitter is so that I can post it on Instagram, but I have like four followers on Twitter. So I don't really count that as like a social media avenue, but yeah. Yeah. Less is more, less is more. And I, I definitely agree. And when you can automate and save yourself a step, like I love your simple trick of just having your Instagram feed into your Facebook. Now you've posted on two platforms, but yeah, having a website, you've been able to make all of this money over $2,000 with 2,450 without even having a website, which is incredible. It's crazy. And um, Mike's actually a software engineer. So he built me the website. And so I will, I will use it once I have time to update the, uh, the copy Mm -hmm. on it, but it has been great to just use Instagram to generate all these leads for sure. Super great. And what advice would you give to someone who's just starting out? Like what would that starting in perfect advice look like? So I would say, get really clear on who you want to talk to. I think that's the hardest thing to do. And I think that, you know, aside from just getting started and trying to figure out who you want to talk to, I think really trying to focus on what population you want to serve and what population you know really well, because the more you know the population or the more you're willing to invest the time to get to know the population, the better you're going to do. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. And with that, let's start talking about once you get clear, getting into sales and turning that into money in your bank account. So once you have gotten more clear and you've really gotten to the point where you feel like your offer is really what they need, how are you approaching sales? And has your mindset around sales evolved at all? Yeah, so I actually love sales calls. Like it's one of my favorite things to get a sales call because I feel like I can really help these people. So I don't approach it as though I'm, you know, I always think of like the old cartoons with like the vacuum salesperson knocking at everyone's door. You know what I'm talking about? So I don't approach it like that. I approach it like I'm 
there to talk to a friend and that I, they have a problem that I can help with. And I think that that really resonates with people. And I just approach the sale with a ton of empathy and just letting them know like, Hey, like I've been where you are and I understand how frustrated you are. And this is how I can help you and leave it at that. And nine times out of 10, they are willing to jump before I'm even done talking to them. (laughs) So love it. That's incredible. That's so powerful to really have more of a conversation more than anything. It doesn't even feel salesy. You're just having a simple conversation and getting to the root of their problems and really being empathetic and helping them just see that they need to work on this now. And it sounds like you don't even need to get too far into that conversation where they're like, take my money. (laughs) Yeah, most of the time not. And one of the things that this program really did help me do, because I've always been decent at sales, because again, like I don't come at it from a place of I'm going to, you know, sell ice to an Eskimo because I don't want to sell ice to an Eskimo. I want to sell you the solution to the problem that you have. And people, people tap into that. But the biggest thing in terms of sales that I've gotten from this program is closing right over a Zoom call or a phone call and taking a credit card over phone or over Zoom. And that way you don't have to worry about someone paying an invoice later. It just closes the deal. It's good for them because they can't think about it anymore. They can't talk themselves out of it. Uh, so I think like that, that has been invaluable to me. Very cool. Glad to hear that that's working for you. It is a really powerful strategy and it's just one less step in, the, in closing the sales cycle. Now you're, yeah. you really just need to onboard them and not worry about hunting them down to pay you, which is great. Yep, absolutely. And to close off this interview, I would love for you to share how the dietitian boss method has empowered you. It would be helpful if you could provide a specific example to the listeners even. Yeah, so I think that it's empowered me in a couple different ways. One, I was actually just talking to Libby about this the other day and the group is I feel very empowered by having permission to delete nasty comments on my Instagram. That to me was like, it was totally just like life changing because the more attention your account gets, the more hate you're going to get too. It's just, you know, it's just how it is. And in the past, I would have felt awful all day long, all night long, because like, this is like, this business is my baby. It's something that I care so much about. And so like for someone like to just random stranger to not like me or to say, you know, say whatever they want to say, like that would have stayed with me for days and probably weeks. And I would have tried to come up with a perfect comeback, but just having the permission to delete it and not think about it has been so freeing. So the second thing that empowered me in this program was the ability to do more things in less time. So the ability to batch content, the ability to write captions in less than 10 minutes before I was spending so much time trying to come up with the perfect caption and like no one really reads your captions unless your graphics are really, really good and they want to read the captions. So until your graphics are good, you don't have to worry so much about the captions. And, you know, time boxing myself, giving my myself 10 minutes to write a caption has been really life-changing because 
now I can spend my time focusing on my clients and focusing on sales and focusing on following up with people. So yeah, those are the, the two main ways. Awesome. Yeah, I definitely agree about the time blocking major because if you can get efficient at that, then doing the marketing piece, which you, you and I both know is so important for growing your business, then you can really maximize your time helping your clients in your programs instead of spending so much time with marketing. So very helpful. I'm so glad that you were empowered in those amazing ways. Yeah, for sure. And thank you so much for being on this episode. As a reminder, you can find Ingrid on Instagram at weight loss period Hashimoto's. Thank you so much, Ingrid. Thank you. Yeah. If you identify as a female dietitian or student apply to my coaching program, I'm accepting applications. Now my clients go from zero to exceeding their sales goals. I save you time, energy, and I show you how to confidently become a dietitian boss. Thousands of your colleagues from around the world are doing it, and so can you. Apply on my website at LibbyRothschild.com and check the show notes if you want that link right away.